Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Since about the summer of 2017, the Gulf Coast of Florida has suffered from a disturbing phenomenon, an expanse of murky reddish-brown water that kills vast quantities of fish and other aquatic animals and leaves the beaches littered with carcasses reeking from the smell of decomposition. The carnage is the result of a phenomenon called a red tide, an explosion of harmful algal blooms that occurs in ocean waters around the world. According to the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, these blooms occur when colonies of particular kinds of algae, which are tiny plants that can live in both fresh and salt water, grow out of control and produce toxins that can kill fish and make shellfish unsafe to eat. The red tide that choked Florida lasted for almost 18 months, until February of 2019 when it was no longer detected in the waters. But now it appears to be back. Scientists from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission released a report in November of 2019 stating that a bloom of red tide had been observed in southwest Florida, and that they had received reports of fish kills as well. While harmful algal blooms have been reported at times in every U.S. coastal state, they occur nearly every summer along Florida's Gulf Coast. There, the species that most often causes the problem is Karenia brevis, a microscopic organism with a massive potential for destruction. To distinguish it from other varieties of red tide, K. brevis blooms are called Florida red tide. According to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, K. brevis is found in the waters off of Florida year-round in concentrations of 1,000 cells or less per liter of water. But in the summer and early fall, K. brevis can go wild. For example, a study by University of South Florida scientists published in the scientific journal Sensors describes a July 2014 bloom in which the algae multiplied concentrations of up to 20 million per liter of water in some patches and formed a bloom that spread over thousands of square miles of offshore water. Red tides apparently have been happening along the Florida coast for a long time. Spanish explorers described finding massive fish kills in the 1500s, and the phenomenon was first scientifically documented in the 1840s. A massive Florida red tide event that started in November of 1946 lasted roughly a year and killed an estimated one billion fish. What exactly causes Florida red tide events remains a little murky, though a study published by University of Miami scientists in the journal Harmful Algae in December of 2015, and yes, there is a whole journal for this, suggests that it has to do with fluctuations in the position of the loop current, which is a flow of warm water that travels through the Gulf of Mexico. Though red tide has gotten a lot of media coverage, it's unclear whether blooms are actually getting any worse. We spoke via email with marine scientist Dr. Vince Lovko, a manager of the phytoplankton ecology program at Moat Marine Laboratory in Sarasota, Florida, and Haley Rutger, Moat's content development manager. They explained, It's hard to provide a simple answer about the long-term trends in red tide frequency, abundance of the algae, size of blooms throughout Florida's history, or long-term trends in other features, because data collection has changed and improved so much over time. Red tides do a lot of damage. The toxins released by K. brevis can cause massive die-offs of fish, shrimp, sponges, sea urchins, crabs, and seabirds. The toxins can cause sea turtles to swim in circles and lose their coordination so that they become stranded and die, and creatures as large as manatees may succumb to the poison as well as they eat smaller animals that have ingested the toxins. And even people, 
particularly those with emphysema and asthma, can be harmed by red tide as coastal winds blow airborne toxins inland as far as a mile or about one and a half kilometers. Folks with lung sensitivities are advised to avoid red tide areas. So can something be done to stop red tides or at least control them? As of yet, nobody's come up with a solution. Lovko and Rutger said, Karenia brevis occurs naturally in the Gulf of Mexico, and there is no tried-and-true way to completely remove the algae and its impacts without potentially harming Gulf ecosystems. However, we are studying smaller-scale control and mitigation methods that may benefit limited-area waterways, such as closed canals in red-tide-affected coastal communities. Researchers are exploring some possible methods for red tide mitigation, such as living docks covered with filter-feeding animals and ozonation equipment that could remove red tide from limited areas of water. The use of K-brevis-killing compounds from seaweed or other organisms that would act as parasites on them are other possible remedies being evaluated. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.